Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Taco Tech. I am Johnny Sanquist, the CEO of Three Crowns Copywriting and Marketing. And with me again, as always, my co-host, the amazing Tori Happy, VP of Strategic Accounts over at Flyer. And we are super stoked to have Cheryl Hickerson as our guest today. Cheryl is the founder of Females in Finance and also uh, who I would call the goddess of financial services. Cheryl, <laughs> thanks for being here. I'm We're taking, so I'm waiting you. for my bows. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I so, did actually put lipstick on for everyone who's listening, just so you know, that's, I do have lipstick on today. Yeah, oh, I can confirm yeah. we're doing a video <laughs> meeting. You look fantastic. All right. This is a good Friday afternoon uh, little <laughs> session here. So, hey, Cheryl, we want to get right into it. Today, we want to talk about what females in finance is doing in the industry, how you are helping uh, women professionals in finance. And so my first question is just to kind of set the stage for us. Tell us about why you started Females in Finance. Wonderful. My favorite topic ever. So about, uh, I'm a professional speaker on social and digital marketing strategies for financial service professionals and organizations. They have me come in, I talk. And so just got, you know, I go to, I go to about 25 to 40 conferences a year. I think it's quite a few. And you look out into the crowd yeah. and I just felt like, you know, wow, none of these people look like me. And it was, it just, I don't know what one day meant versus another, but I was in San Antonio, Texas in January of 2017. And I just remember looking out and there were 300 people in the crowd. There were four women. There was no people of color. And I remember had, and I had asked the, uh, state, the, the, the event planner, like, how did you qualify to get here? And she was like, well, you know, that's kind of always dicey. And they never really seemed to have a really good answer for that. And so I left and I thought, you know what? Everybody keeps talking about they have to do something different. And so why not me? Why not me? So I got into accidental activism. I went home and, but I also decided I wanted to interview women to find out three main things. How did they get here? So the recruitment aspect of it, how, how did they get into financial services? I also wanted to understand the training part of it too. Was it proactive that you went after things? Was it reactive because a company offered it? And then ultimately I also wanted to understand advancement. Was these, were these lateral moves that you made over your time? Were they, you know, were you increasingly going up the ladder? Because I, we always hear retention and attrition rate in financial services and the fall off. And so I interviewed almost 400 women before I actually started the community. So I have a lot of research wow. behind it. Yeah. I tell every man, you think dating one woman's hard? <laughs> <laughs> Come at me. Yeah. So it's uh, what happened from that is, you know, we, we realized that we had three pillars there with the recruitment training and advancement, but then what we needed was an equitable platform. And I realized that a lot of organizations have these siloed women's initiatives. So a broker dealer might have one, a bank may have a women's initiative, but what we weren't doing is drawing the line around everybody in financial services and financial technology. And so today what has come full circle several years later now is that we are a platform that supports not only the members who come through and everyone's vetted. I'm not an association, so you can't just fill out an app and you're in and organizationally, how do we make them better, you know, from an organizational standpoint that they are reaching not only more women, but also um, from a diversity equity and inclusion perspective as well, you know, and helping them make some better choices and, and better connections in that space. So that's where I'm, when I'm always moving and grooving and doing every day. That's so cool. And I mean, like you said, 
interviewing 400 women in this space alone um, had to have been a hard feat because like you said, I, I go to many conferences and events now too. Um, and I still feel like I'm one of a handful of women at these events. So talk to us, how many members do you guys have and what, what yeah. does that membership get that, get that person when they join females in finance? Yeah. Originally, my goal was just to be a special interest group with a couple hundred people in it. And I, in eight days, I had 200 people. Oh. So I was like, ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, I, I think I've hit an artery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I today, uh, we have 756 members. Wow. I always know my number. Um, and that's because every person matters. So I'd never say approximately this. I, I look at my actual membership number every day. And as much as the membership number itself is ex- is very, I'm very proud of that. What I'm actually more proud of is our engagement ratios. So as, as somebody who's in social, I'm always curious. It's great. You can have these big numbers, but how many people are actually interacting with your stuff? Right. And so I challenge most financial service organizations out there against my numbers and say, if you have the same ones, you know, great. But if you don't, let's talk and see how we get you better engagement. Because of our 2,756 members today, um, as of like, um, we're talking about 2,079 of them active in the last month. And I think that math is about yeah. 74.8, 75% of an engagement ratio. So it's crazy. We're averaging about 4,000 yeah. interactions a month. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. It is. Which kind of leads me into my next question uh-huh. of what kind of events and activities do you create to have those strong relationships among the women in the group? Absolutely. Um, you've got to be doing something right if it, there's a 75% um, <laughs> probability that these people are interacting with each other. I think, with each other. I think that the number one thing that we do is that so we have our membership is comprised of mainly two pieces. We have a free networking platform. Any t- body today who works in financial services, they're almost nickeled and dimed to, to death on there. And, you know, if you want to do this, it's going to five bucks, 15 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever the number is. And so I felt that networking, because when I was at events, much like both of you, the real work is done in the hallways. The ones who are talking to each other or they're, they're, they've drifted off into a corner to, to have that. And I think that that's a really important part of the work that women do is in the networking. So I always wanted to be certain that they had a platform to network from. And even in our, you know, air quote free membership of that networking, they're also getting a lot of other discounts to places. I'm not Costco. I'm not you join me and you get a discount here. I give away all the discounts. I don't. I don't make anybody join so they can get something else here. I make sure that we give them a, a platform. I'm 100% women owned and 100% women uh, funded. I don't take any sponsorship dollars from anyone. I've paid for this 100% of my own pocket. And I do that because we have women in a variety of capacities who, yeah, could they pay for networking? Probably, but should they need to? No. And so from that, when you talk about events and activities, we do a lot of things that are supportive. I actually ask the women a lot of times, like, what would you like? We have book clubs. We have uh, live demos. We have experts that come on where they can do Q&A. Uh, most of the time, these experts want to come into the space and they want to interact and they want to talk about bigger picture items. Again, that's all in our free group. Our paid group, our big paid group, $19 a month. Uh, you're $14 a month if you're one of our 
founding partner. So our founding partners provide resources, not funds. And so if you're a founding partner and a member of their firms, then we reduce that cost of $14. And what that's getting them is anywhere from two to four marketing coaching calls a month with me. So a one-to-many kind of environment. They're getting a social media calendar. They're getting graphics. They're getting a lot of stuff to support them so that they can get their thought leadership amplified and out there. Because today, I think it's one of the things that every time I go to an event, someone's pulling me aside and saying, can I pick your brain? Can I pick your brain? And so I actually spent an entire year and opened up and allowed anybody to pick my brain. And I took all of that data and have compiled it into a very structured class environment where they can either come live onto the Zoom calls that we do, or they can watch them in replay format. Uh, I actually, in my free group too, I give away one hour of my time every month so that we have office hours with Cheryl and they come and bring their marketing classes. So we're doing a lot to support one another. So uh, always looking for new ideas and events and activities. If people have them, send them to me. I'm open to it. So cool. That's fantastic. Cheryl, so obviously empowering women in finance is your, your primary goal, but you've also got the Male Ally Network, and I'm part of that. Um, you asked me to, to join after we met at Inside ETFs right. at the start of the year before, you know, the world shut down. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I would love it if you would tell our listeners more about the male ally network component of females in finance. You know, what's the purpose of that network and what do you expect from the guys who become part of that? Absolutely. So when I interviewed those women prior to opening up as a special interest group, I found an overwhelming thread as in 100% of the women said that there was a man who had been very instrumental in the in their work. So that male ally component, I realized, was really important for us to be successful. I think that the organizations who don't embrace men, I think it's going to take them a little longer to get where they need to do, you know, go. But I also think that not every, we call it the man initiative, and that's what male ally network stands for, is that I don't think all men are cut from the same cloth to be that support person either. So I I have been quoted as saying, and it's true, just because I'm about save the dolphins does not mean kill the whales. I think there's an ocean of work out there that needs to be done. And there's space and place for all of us. And so to that point, although becoming a male ally network member like you have, John, which I'm grateful for, it doesn't come at the cost of uh, a membership fee. It comes at the cost of an understanding and responsibility to uplift feminine talent, to be a part of feminine talent conversations, to continue to increase knowledge around what women are doing in financial services, what people of color are doing in financial services, and just being a collective part of positive conversations and moving that forward in in the recruitment training and advancement aspects. So the men that I speak with, they understand that this comes with a responsibility. We do a formal onboarding for all of our male ally networks. We actually do a a formal announcement and we let everybody know these are the men who have, you know, become a part of our network. Today, uh, as of just the beginning of June of 2020, we have 88 on our platform. We onboard about eight men a month. So it's something that's very intentional. I, uh, I'm always asking anybody who thinks that they know a really good male ally person that I should consider to please contact me. I can't, I can't know all the great people. 
I know great people who know great people mm-hmm. and I need them to let me know, but it's been a phenomenal part of the growth that we've experienced and our commitment to supporting both men and women has been very well received by financial service organizations out there. And it, it really goes back to the earlier question of it's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned it there, like you can't know everybody, but you lean on the people you trust to introduce you to more people you trust. And then that network of great people just keeps expanding Correct. and encompassing more of the industry, which is the goal. Absolutely. Here. A lot of really wonderful people in financial services today that may not have the big notoriety and names of some of the ones that we know we can, you know, say right off the top of our heads, but they have so much Mm -hmm. that they want to contribute and participate in. And so, although it's, I tell everybody, my asks are onesie twosies. I'm picking up the phone and saying, Hey girl, what are you doing? Come do this. Uh, Although that seems really, 1980s, (laughs) picking up, smiling and dialing to some degree. I I think it's interesting because I think it's actually what has made the difference in making our work and mission very sticky because they know that I know them. I want to interview and know what the work that they do. I'm a copious note taker too. I have even a letter writer to people that I meet with. And, uh, And then you've met me in person too. So I think you've got a good feel for the type of individual that I am, that I really do actually do care about the work that people are doing out there. So we like to wrap up our podcasts by talking about tacos. And so I'm going to transition us from this, you know, exceptional business talk into some exceptional food talk. And I know that you're into this because I see you posting, you know, photos on Facebook and Twitter and everything of like your cooking. And it looks like you're secretly a celebrity chef or something. I'm a pretty good cook. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a pretty yeah, good cook. yeah, absolutely. So, what's you know, what's taco night like for you? Taco and night. So, I recently made one um, that was called bulgogi chicken tacos. So, bulgogi chicken tacos. What I like about them is, I know, Tell right? Me more. And curiosity so, is peaked. Yeah. So, what you're doing basically <laughs> with this is you're taking. Things like so a lot of times when you think about this traditional taco, it's got, you know, your lettuce and your tomato and your things like this. But this is actually taking like Persian cucumbers and pickling them and taking the and taking the lettuce and cabbage is much healthier for you than just your standard uh, head of lettuce. And you're actually caramelizing the cabbage down and your uh, your chicken. I use uh, I usually buy like the bags of the grilled chicken and I'm um, cooking it down and also caramelizing that with that cabbage. And then the best, best part of it that Daryl would tell you is going to be the sriracha creme that I make with it too. So you get a little bit of a warmth that runs through it with this mm. pickling of the Persian cucumbers. And yeah, I'm a good cook. I do like to cook. It's like my love language. <laughs> so I think I sometimes see things different in food that other people like. Daryl's like, I'm a, he's an this, amazing PBJ maker. He'll tell you. This is, Daryl and I are on the same You can do job. this, like, Tori. I, I promise you, it is so easy to do. It's not that I can't. I know I can. It's just ah, that I don't like to. <laughs> if I had an option between like a bowl of cereal and making a giant meal, I'll take I don't a bowl like of to clean up. So that's his part. 
night cereal. Yeah, that's, that's oh, that's world. my husband's job. I'm like, yeah. you see this amazing yeah. food? <laughs> You're cleaning, dude. That's on you. And he knows. And he's a very good cleaner. Right? Split yeah. the responsibilities. There you go. So bulgogi chicken tacos are the of. best. That sounds amazing. Oh. Like, okay, so last week we had Tony um, from yeah. Have a Plan on, and he told us about gas station tacos. And now we have you yeah. this week telling us about like pickled Persian cucumbers. I feel like we've got all spectrums covered now. We've got all the we spectrums. All Del over Taco. Here. Weren't we talking Del Taco with Brian? Oh, Goldman? Brian, yeah. Yeah. We, we so, hit like we... a number of taco joints. <laughs> now, Brian, I will say that so I do succumb I, once I in a while to the to the jack-in-the-box crappy tacos. I do. I like, I got to have them oh, once yeah. in a while. Just something right. about it, right? It just hits it the It does, sometimes. it does. But yeah, this is one of uh, probably the most requested in the house is when I make bulgogi chicken tacos. So I was mm-hmm. glad you asked me that. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm hungry now. I'm going to go find a taco ingredients in my house and make myself a taco, I think. <laughs> Love mm-hmm. it. So, but yeah, Cheryl... You are awesome. We love mm-hmm. everything you're doing with females in finance. Thank you, Thank you for coming yeah. on to talk to we us about it today. You. We do absolutely. We are going to wrap things mm-hmm. up here. I, guess. I appreciate so. you back. Thanks for being a part of the community. You bet. Thank you everybody for listening. Hit subscribe so you can keep listening to Taco Tech, and we will see you next time. <laughs>